you hold a deep-seated desire to feel outraged? Yes. Do you just find yourself wondering why everyone's fighting all the time? About things that don't seem to matter all that much. Well, it's 2021. And if you're not mad about something, you must be paying attention. I'm Jay. I'm Martin. <laughs> and I'm Ridge. And together, we're going to find out. Why are they mad? Why do you have to be mad? Why do you have to be mad? Why do you have to be mad? Right in front of me! Well, it's like... Uh, dude, turn off Little Reg. <laughs> Alright. Um, <laughs> I don't think I ever want to live in a house again. I think I'll just live in apartments from now on. Really? Yeah, to be honest... He I fucking hate living in a house. You have to deal with uh, that. That's true, but you have to deal with uh, what's that? People who run houses called, um, you know? What's, what's... Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, no, you mean like? Uh, the... Are you talking about like the fucking you know like the the harem owners corp? The fucking no. What, what are the, like the managers of apartment buildings? And they're in cha- like if you ever have issues because you know in in apartments everybody shares like water facilities and all that type of shit. So there's got to be people who run the apartment. Like, yeah. Yeah, what are they called? There's like Which a manager is... or something. Yeah, they got a name. Anyway, you got to deal with them. They oh, they're be... called the property manager. That's what they're called. Yeah, property managers. You got to be... Oh, yeah, you hire them when you buy an apartment block. You got you to gotta deal with those fuckers. They can be... They're like... It's fine. I've, I've had to deal with mine not even once. Yeah, but if you did, I bet it would be Look, hard. I'm going to list pros and cons of having a house versus apartment, okay? Cons of a house. You have to do the gardening. You have to make sure the maintenance is kept up to date, okay? You have to walk to the bins, right? Your car might not be undercover. Uh, if someone breaks what? in... <laughs> what? <laughs> True, well, my car's not undercover. That is mm. fair. It gets pooped on by birds. <laughs> One of the bigger things, robbery is a lot more common in a house than an apartment. Um, if you got broke, like, you know, you have to be... Like, if you step outside your door, there's a chance you could be killed. <laughs> right in an apartment block that's not fucking happening right i step outside my door there's five other apartments around me it's in a little nice little hallway all the doors are locked like people can't get up here unless they're meant to get up here right so what about your enemies what, what if you have a crazy neighbor who thinks that you're like uh, all up in their shit you know oh that's fine i know all my neighbors i'll knock them I'll, I'll, I'll fight them one of them is fucking gross one of them's like uh he's like probably like 60 or so and he has all like really wild like white disheveled hair and he obviously smokes cigarettes in his apartment because you always smell them underneath the door mm. um and whenever i see him it's always in the elevator and he's always got like a domino's pizza or, or like hungry jacks or something and he smells fucking horrendous do you ever think like one day you'll be walking through the block and you'll see his doors open a crack and you haven't seen him for a couple of days and you'll find him oh he'd be know, dead de- or something yeah yeah decomposing and he's in his lazy boy I definitely assume so. Yeah, I assume he'll die in that apartment. Reg will be like, fuck huh? How's that? <laughs> Reg will be selling his shit. <laughs> scraping off. Well, you know what, guys? Rule of Riddick. You keep what you kill. Okay. <laughs> or you gave him one too many fucking whoppers. Anyway, uh, pros of an apartment, right? Uh, Space wait, is better. Wait, 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 wait you, didn't, you didn't even say pros of a house. Yeah. Well, right, how, like, how do you go from cons of a house right, to pros right, of an apartment? Right. Pro, pros of a house. You fucking, you don't live, um, like, you live, like, five meters away from someone, so right? So privacy, yeah. We have a, a sick apartment, to be honest. Like, all the walls are super concrete, so you can't eat anything in and out of this apartment, right? Which is super sick. That's good. Pros of apartment. I don't have to do gardening, right? I, uh, I don't have to do the maintenance, uh, if I want to take the rubbish out, there's a rubbish chute right outside my door. I just go to the rubbish chute, drop it down, don't need to worry about it anymore. It's gone, right? That is cool. Cars, cars undercover all the time. 
Um, and I also get facilities, like a gym and a pool that I never use. So that's sick. You ever, on, like, talking to someone on the phone or, you know, on Discord or whatever, and you have your hand, like, on your balls, and you think, like, should I have my hand on my balls right now? Like, it's, there's nothing sexual about it or anything, but it's like... I mean, yeah, sometimes sometimes I do find that happens, but I don't think... Yeah, as you said, it's not a sexual thing. But it's not even... like It's just, like, a mindless thing. Yeah, but then it's, like, when you realize something mindless as it's happening, and you're like, is that normal, you know? I, I can't actually do that. It's impossible for me. What, to touch your oh, balls? Not to cut them because they're so dang big. <laughs> what are you talking about cut them? Yeah, I don't we know what you're talking about. We didn't talk about cutting balls at all. So cut them. Oh, cup them. Because yeah. they're so big. No, that's because oh, you okay. have tiny I thought, hands. I thought you were, were going to say that like you can't stop yourself doing something mindless. And that is probably true. That is actually true for Rich. Because he, if he's flicking like a rubber band or if he's got a bottle cap or something, he cannot stop. Remember my dad used to yell at me all the time when we would play, like, Grave Auto 4 or something like that? Because whenever I was standing still, like, trying to figure out what was going on or doing or whatever, I would just spin the camera, like, just spin it <laughs> left or right. And yeah. he, I remember he would just be like, he just, like, you could see, like, the veins popping. He'd be like, fucking just stop that! Stop that now! Yeah, but that's it. That's your dad's fault for never What's- getting your ADHD diagnosed. That's true. <laughs> I'll be like sitting next to him or whatever. I'll be clicking a pen, and he'll just be like, "Can you just not do that? Can you can you not?" I'm like, "Dude, but wait, but wait, but like, surely you'd understand. Like, he's a child, right? Like, he's gonna do annoying things." I mean, this was not long ago, but <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, okay, I take that back. What? I, I click pens all the time. I'm always clicking pens. I know. I, you've, I've had to set the rule that you're not allowed to click pens while we're recording because it was really fucking hard to edit it all out. <laughs> I, I remember once when we were, like, teenagers because, like, you know, Reg makes it out like he had this, you know, fucked up traumatic childhood. And he probably did a few times, you know. I never do. Everyone else does that. <laughs> I tell them about my childhood and they say, that's really fucking weird. And I don't understand it. Anyway, Reg would always be, you know, at his, uh, at his desk in his room when he lived with his dads and he would always just have a plate of, with you know a steak and some veggies and mashed potatoes and and reg would just slurp up the steak and leave everything else like the potatoes the veggies or i'll that. tell you he was malnourished yeah oh, i needed the, I, I needed the protein and and once i said to him like hey this is this is when we were 15 16 i'm like you know the reason that you're not growing is because you don't eat your fucking veggies. Like, when was the last time I you mean, ate a that's, vegetable? I mean, that's some fucking bullshit, though. Then why the fuck are you so tall? You lived off Maccas. Anyway, listen to him. And Reg, Reg, <laughs> what are you on about? Reg, looks, Reg looked at these veggies and then at me. And, like, there was actually, for the first time in his enti- our entire relationship, there was a look on his face like he had be- learned something. Like, he wasn't just going to argue a point <laughs> for no reason. Well, sometimes it takes someone else to, to help you realize, you know? It's like the doctor who can fix everyone's heart but his own, you know? Um, it's all right. You don't need to be tall. I think being tall is uh, unnecessary, except in the dating game. No, no, no. I, I, think it's very I wish I wasn't tall. I, th- I think if you're single, it's very important to be tall, just because of the society <laughs> we live in and how... Uh, how seemingly important hiders to you know the opposite sex dude but this is just the you're only saying this because you told someone your height truthfully on tinder one time and they stopped replying to you they did stop replying <laughs> but but i've seen a, i've seen a bunch of screenshots like that happened that, but like you no, know, look, i, I think i think there's a truth to it well that's the thing i think there's a truth to it right there's a truth to it yeah i think there's a lot of asshole women out there who do only think about that right like i think it is an asshole move right I mean, but yeah, I but also think that the truth is right there is that there's just a lot of assholes in this world, and so of course you're going to hit a lot in the opposite gender, right? I mean, being an asshole isn't uh, 
you know, it it doesn't have it's any not- barriers of gender or race yeah. or sexuality. Hundred percent. Dude, easy yeah. for you as men to say. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, I mean, I think I think men definitely. I think if it was if it was like a gradient line there, I think men definitely are a lot more assholeish and probably a lot more like you know rambunctious in their assholiness. I think men are definitely much more uh, likely to fetishize women than women are men. Yeah. What do you reckon are the biggest red flags in males for all our single Gaming. women listeners out there? I nah. I reckon it's Gaming. controlling behaviors. Like, yeah, I, I don't think gaming yeah. at all. I think I no, think it's I, healthy. Sorry, that was that was that was sarcastic. I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily healthy. Like, it can be healthy or unhealthy. I think uh, I think it would be stuff like getting really quickly uh, hurt or offended if they're not made like first priority. Yeah, um, that, I like, think oh, like you've you've seen this, you know? You please respond, like yeah, or um. Oh, but I think that's a red flag that goes both ways, right? Like, I'm talking about, yeah, like, specifically male. Oh, uh, wait, do you mean for ma- male? Off oh, specifically for male men? Yeah. Dude, when they're fucking investors and shit. <laughs> when, when they're, they're investors? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, like, when they're, they're like, going you know. about their, like, portfolios and all that type of shit. Like, or and, cryptocurrency. Yeah, that, I think, uh, you gotta be careful. If, uh, so, if someone looks like they've sculpted a life based on, like, something they've seen in a magazine, something, you know? I think you got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. But that's again not not specific to males. Mm, yeah, but I think men. It's always a bit more dangerous with men. I think if they choose to hang out in pubs, you reckon? I think if like that that is their downtime is they go to the pub and they probably go there like you know once a day or whatever. I think that's a, like you know I don't think you should probably date that person. Are you trying to at your dad here? <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah, to a certain degree, but also I mean, there's a reason why all of my dad's relationships have failed. <laughs> like because he's right? always at the pub. Always, yeah, he's always at the pub. <laughs> Alright, guys. Before we start, check us out on Instagram at WhyTheyMadPod. Follow us. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. Shout-outs this week. Michaela. Holly. Thanks for checking us out, guys. Hope you're having fun. If you listen on Apple, leave us a review. Positive or negative. Mm. Don't want to tell you what to think about us, you know? Uh, but, Ugh. you know, five stars would be nice. So, Fuck, give us six stars. You give yeah. us six stars, I give you a wristy. Uh, tell tell your family, friends about us. You know, it's the only way that we're gonna branch out into a, a, a career that we can afford to have private chefs and room service. You know, if we that's all I want. Growth. Is that too much to ask? I just want a private chef. Um, and yeah, let's uh, let's get started. Have you ever fallen in love with a TV show, but then right after a cliffhanger? found out that there was never going to be another season. Well, chances are, you weren't the only one that felt that way about it. What if half a decade or so after the fact, there was some way that the show could be brought back by the fans? Without the meddling of the TV, network executives, and the metrics that got it cancelled in the first place. These days, there is a way for that to happen. It's off the back of crowdfunding. In a time where there's an oversaturation of digital media, and less and less demand for the physical products of yesteryear, like board games, magazines, and the like. Sometimes crowdfunding is the only way to get projects off the ground at all. But as good as this all sounds, it's also an entry into a world of ticking time bomb egos, thieving con men, disastrous incompetence. Let's take a look in the second half of our series on crowdfunding. Episode 7. Kickstarter disasters. Kickstarter disasters. The first. This week 
in But first, the note from our sponsor. Hey, I'm here to... <laughs> you got balls? You got balls that are too hairy? You gotta come skin them. I'll skin your balls for you. Come over to my house. I got a nice sharp razor. I'll skin your balls. That's why I call myself a ball skinner. He's doing it. I'll skin your balls all day, all night. I don't mind when. 24-7 service. You need your ball skin before a hot date? I'll come skin your balls. You need your balls skin before a big court date? I'll come skin your balls. How many times do you reckon uh, someone's exposed themselves in a courtroom? Twice. It um, <laughs> was one of my first speeding fun and my second speeding <laughs> fun. Do you guys remember that trend in high school of nutting? What? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was a trend. I'm still doing I used to, that. I used, to, I used to do it all the time. I'm so glad that went off went like, you know, the way yeah, it was like it was like the cool the cool guys would like take photos, you know, at parties, but in like the photo one of them would slip a nut out through like their zipper. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well that was called secret nut or something. <laughs> right. I think that's called the unconsentful nut. Yeah. I don't know, is there anything is it is having one ball out exposing yourself? Yeah, you need kind, you need a pair, yeah. right? You need a pair. I don't know if you need a pair. I don't know if that's where you draw the line. <laughs> so where the fuck did you grow up, Martin? Fucking Midwest America? Why are all these fucking frat boys <laughs> showing their nuts off? No, this was an Australian thing. It started in one of those Chris Lilly TV shows. He was a real trendsetter for for high school kids back in the day. You remember the yeah, guy? Yeah, the dictation, man. Summer High Tie and Angry, oh. Angry Birds. Whatever. Angry, Angry Boys. Yeah, that's it, yeah. That was what that was from, the secret knot, if I recall. So, this, uh, this YouTube mom. Yeah, do you guys know about, like, YouTube family channels? I know about YouTube. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen one video where, like, the the kids, like, spend all this money on Fortnite skins with their parents' credit card. <laughs> and then, like, basically the video is encouraging other kids to, like, steal their parents' credit cards to buy Fortnite skins. I don't think that's what he's talking about. Did you do it? Did I do it? <laughs> Big baby. <laughs> did I even play fucking uh, Did you get all the V-Bucks, Martin? Oh, 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 I'm a sick fuck. I like the V-Buck. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, so, no, so there's this, there's like a... YouTube YouTube families are like when it's like a, a family-run YouTube channel, right? And it's always the parents are like fucking pranking the shit out of their kids, right? Oh, it's not about? necessarily the parents pranking, them, but it's usually no, the parents. No, I mean the it's show. not. No, it's not always pranks either. They'll just be family vloggers who vlog their entire family. It's like the the mom, the dad, the kids, the pets. It sounds like it fucks up the kids, right? Yeah. Like, oh I yeah. I would yeah. hate to grow up. In I would hate. Situation. Yeah. It sounds horrible. I mean, I grew up in my situation. I would still hate that more. <laughs> it, it almost always comes out that at least one of the parents or both are fucking freaks. Like you know, the dad will be you know. Peter. Well, just think about it. You want to vlog your whole life? Yeah, and I also feel like um, it would it would give kids a real like identity issues going forward, like what is real and what is for the camera, you know, that type of stuff. But anyway, um, this th- came out this week. Um, this woman, Jordan Cheyenne, she was recording a video and she co- she forgot to edit out at the end, um, her posing for the YouTube thumbnail with her son. And the context of the video was that their new puppy had just been diagnosed with this disease called parvo. I don't know exactly oh, what it yeah. is. It's it's this really it's this disease or virus that um parvovirus. Yeah. yeah, dogs get and it's like you know it basically kills them. Like there's not much. I think I think it attacks. I think it destroys their like um uh, the 
immune oh. system? Ner- nervous system. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they start, they start like, losing control. So, so at the end of this video, she's in the car, and... Hang on, uh, let's just watch the video. Alright. Please pray for her. I know she's gonna make it through. She's an amazing, beautiful little girl, and I can't wait for her to bring her home and be part of our family. So, if you could pray for us, we appreciate it. I love you guys. Come here, come closer for the video, come closer. Come closer! Come closer! Put your head, put your head right here. Come closer. Come closer, down. put your head down here. Act like you're crying. Really quick. I am crying. Go like this. No, Mom, I'm not just usually crying. No, I know, but go like this for the video. Go like this, put one hand up, go like this. No, go like this. Put your hand like this. But let them see your mouth. Let them see your mouth. I don't know, Mom, I'm actually crying. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me. I know, look at me, look at me. Look at the camera, look at the camera. Okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's over, it's over, it's over. So who uploaded this? She accidentally kept it in at the end of her video to get the thumbnail. Oh, no shit, really? Yeah. Jeez, what a sociopath. I know, right? Dude, the pork... This is, like, genuinely torture. Like, oh, yeah, that's actually abuse. I mean, you gotta get a good thumbnail, though, right? Like, <laughs> This man's cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I feel for that kid. You can already tell that he is... He's trying to tell her, like, I, yeah. I'm actually crying. And she's like, yeah, no, go yeah. for the video, for the video. Yeah, that's a that's I think that's a mom that sees her child as a product or you know a cash cow or something. I mean, you she's got to pay the bills, right? Like you know, you don't you don't like to think that people like that actually exist, but they're probably way more common than you know you'd realize. Well, bad parents, yeah. Well, just parents that don't care about their kids' emotions at all, you know. Mm. I mean, obviously, it's shit. It's definitely shit. But I mean, you got to get a thumbnail, right? Like, that's, you know, <laughs> if, she, if that's how she's paying the bills, I'd prefer to her to do that than to like, you know, not be able to feed her kid. That's that's not the situation at all. Yeah, that is I mean, that's a, so misrepresenting what's going on here. That's a weird way to look at it. <laughs> but what if? I mean, I assume that she, you know, that's her living, right? Yeah, but you can still get a thumbnail later, and you don't need the kid to be in it. I mean, I think she's kind of exposed in this that she doesn't actually care about this whole situation she cares about the video or the content yeah. i mean of course out of yeah it. obviously i mean she's a shit person for sure you definitely shouldn't make your living off your kids and if you do you know at least keep a secret anyway since then jordan cheyenne has deleted all of her stuff um and she she made an apology video and she was uh did she cry did she cry in it no she doesn't weirdly she comes off as a robot she was like i was crying all day i just wanted to get this video done i just want to get it out you know that's why i seem like i don't care blah 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 i i I think there's got to be something wrong with your development as a human if you are gonna put your kids through that shit you know i don't know i mean the kid will become stronger because of it so it's all right grows character (laughs) i think that kid's doomed that kid is fucked i think that's unfair I think that's very unfair. Like, plenty of people with shit parents come through and, you know, make it I work. don't think he's doomed, but it's definitely a rough start. Yeah. He's, he's definitely going to have issues he, that he'll have to deal with if he wants to become well-adjusted. Mm, yeah. And I always worry when you see when you see little boys with, like, abusive moms because you're like, damn, are they going to become a serial killer, you know? I think it's only you who thinks that, though. You always think that. You think that the majority of people are serial killers. Look what we're gonna do. We're gonna get all the dang serial killers. We're gonna put them on their own little island, okay? Then they can just, they can kill each other. Sorted. See, that would be a good that would be a good show for Netflix. Netflix, hit me up. I think uh, most people like that are massive pussies. They just like inflicting violence upon. 
people. I think who, most serial killers are pussies. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they ever take a fair fight. No, it's because they get off on the power, and people who get off on power, you know, are big, big pussies. I mean, like MMA, MMA fighters, MMA fighters like to inflict pain. I th- I think probably most MMA fighters are a bit, bit loopy, you know. I think you'd have to be right. You can't you I can't guess. get hit in the head, you know, every day for years and years and not be a bit fucked up. So my my brother Mad Dog does not give a like that guy has been in so many fights. He was even doing boxing for a little bit, and mm-hmm. like I was talking to him once, and it, like I was like mentioning like man, I I would I you know hate to get punched like that just sucks. And he's like, I really don't mind it. Like it's really not a problem for me. It's a, it's like that movie, right? Green Street Hooligans. You know, <laughs> he's like, why don't you let? Why don't you figure out you're not made of glass? Does he does he know about like CTE? The uh, know- I don't know. I mean, like, a lot of pro athletes are coming out now and being like, I wouldn't have been an athlete if I knew about this this thing. Like, every time you get hit in the head, your brain never recovers, you know? So it's like, once you hit, yeah. like, your 40s, your 50s, you start strong cognitive decline, you start having, like, mood swings, personality changes, you know? But he still, he still plays AFL. Yeah, no. Anyway, uh, CTE, I reckon OJ Simpson. I reckon that's what yeah. happened with OJ. Fucking yeah. bull torture. Um, on, did you see Aris's dress? Uh, yeah, I sort of ever read it. What does it say? It says tax the rich. What does what does AFC look like? She, um, <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> what do you no, 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 I mean, what does she look like on the runway? Like, what set the scene for us? I don't know what she. She wearing a white dress. It says tax the rich on it in red. I'm looking at a photo right now. It, it's it's a it's a nice, well-made, like more modernized white wedding dress, but it says it has tax or rich spray painted on it in red. Do you guys spray painted? Do you guys like know where she was and stuff? The Met Gala. I don't really know what that is. What it's I a heard. it's a it's a really important thing that happens like every once in a while. But it's like all these girls can show off their really crazy dresses, like uh, like Kim Kardashian had the had the the Dementor outfit <laughs> so it's basically like a fundraising thing it's been around for like a long ass time i think it's in new york um it's not like 30k a ticket or something it's like yeah it's like 35 grand entry for everybody but a- aoc reckon she didn't pay her entry but i don't know this this dress or well, this photo and this dress caused like a lot of anger probably people from oh, like really? yeah she's getting sides. angry with the fashion industry or no, like, uh, <laughs> no, like the, you know, the like right. con- conservatives, um, progressives. Who's AOC? She kind of she brought out you know socialist ideals into um, uh, into U.S. Congress, and she so she's scapegoated by a lot of right wing pundits and all that. But now it kind of seems like the some progressives are kind of turning on her because she is holding up these socialist ideals, but she's also associating with some of the richest people in the world, you know? She's gone to these high-class events and, uh, you know, wearing these dresses with messages on them, like, tax the rich, but, you know, she... She's rich. Well, she probably... Well, to be, to be fair to AOC, she would probably be one of the least rich people at the Met Gala, you know? Yeah. Like she, she... I don't think she has... Comparatively, yeah, probably. I mean, like you, can, like you know, like I think criticizing her for this seems a bit silly because she's still getting the message out there. I guess. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm like a supporter of her, but I don't really think criticizing her for this is like. Well, obviously, she's like this dress is um, it's meant to start a conversation, 
um, yeah. it's meant to be provocative and it's brought out reactions in a lot of people. But, um, you know, it's true. You need to tax the rich people. But it's also, it's kind of like, um, do, you, do you think it's hypocritical to be at this exclusive event that costs like, like what, like the average salary in America, like 35k a year? I don't think so. I think it's the best way to get the message out, right? Like, if you're talking about, like, you know, stunts, like, this is a good stunt, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess at the end of the day, it's like this whole aspect of ultra rich celebrity, all that, it is a part of society, you know? You can't, like, if you, if you ignore that part of society, you probably aren't going to move up or get anything done in politics right yeah it annoys me when i think of really rich people like the kardashians or something, cause i'm like man i bet you can eat out every night yeah they could eat out like every <laughs> night <laughs> for like an eternity, oh, they could, right? right yeah they yeah. could get like they, they, yeah they could but like it's just, maybe they, they, they wouldn't they wouldn't have to get like the cheap eat out either they could get like you know grilled like every night you know that's how I think about the rich people. Like, they could get, like, you know, they could go to a restaurant every night. Like, I can't do that. I can't afford to do that. Now, what's that? What was that video from, like, Cardi B where, like, during oh. lockdown? <laughs> she's eating she's cereal. Like, she's eating cereal. She's like, I should be in a restaurant eating sushi. I should be eating sushi right now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I, wish, I wish I could afford sushi, you know? Probably <laughs> like, one of the things I'd be most jealous about with, um, you know, super rich people is having, like, a chef. Like, that would be sick. Oh, yeah. dude. They have a yeah. chef and they're like, I want dumplings. And yeah. then they just go make it. Like, I was thinking because I was watching um, <laughs> I was watching Gossip Girl, right? Yeah. And, like, the like one of the characters, Chuck or whatever, he like, lives in a hotel. I think a lot of them live in the hotel, right? But, like, you know, they, they've just got, like, they got chefs down in the kitchen and they can just order food up to their room whenever they want. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, I want fucking, you know, bring me pizza, right? Yeah, and it's like, they just so get sick. pizza at the door. God, how good would that be? That would be so sick. Because it's basically the, the ease of Uber Eats, delivery, all that shit, but without the real food that's bad for you, you know? It would it would just, yeah, it would be chef food and it would come to your room in, like, five fucking minutes after it being prepared, you know? Yeah. Just take some guy to take an elevator. Like, that's insane. Yeah. That's like that's like proper fantasy. Like that's probably the yeah. level that we want to get this podcast to. Yeah, I want to be able to live <laughs> oh, in a I don't hotel. Know about you guys. <laughs> that you can uh well you don't know. Well about Martin, us. think about it, think about it, okay? You could eat out all the time and you could get vegan dishes at the drop of a tat hat, you know? I mean he cooks his vegan dishes. But yeah, but he wouldn't have to. You could have someone else cook his vegan dishes yeah. and you know it wouldn't be like you know, you wouldn't have to like look at a set menu. You could just be like, make me vegan pastrami or something. Because right? yeah, everybody knows cooking XP waste. XP waste. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I like cooking. I mean, it's only because you only just started doing it. No, I, I don't mind cooking. I hate I hate the cleaning up after cooking. It's the worst part. Although I, I kind of force myself just to do it straight away now. Yeah. Know? It's like, what is it? Two minute rule or five minute rule where it's like, if you see a task around your house, mm. it's going to take you less than that time. Just do it straight away instead of Less than off. two minutes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I usually live by that, but especially in the kitchen, like, um, cause I've worked in so many kitchens or whatever. Like I definitely just clean up as I go. I've become very efficient at that and it, it works out pretty well. Mm. But, um, Chloe's giving me a look like I don't do that. And that's bullshit. Cause I do. do I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe her. Cause yeah, I believe Chloe. Right. Yeah. Okay. One. Step number one, okay? You won't let me have a drying rack, which fucking pisses me off, right? Why can't you have a drying rack? That is weird. Because fucking Chloe's a psycho. She's like, she's a dishwasher. I'm like, I just want to hand wash it. Let me hand wash. I'm quicker. Yeah, I'm more hand efficient. Washing, come on. Hand washing's better. Hand washing is, is better. Thank you, Mark. It's better I'm for more like efficient and I'm quicker. If, can, if it's like two people's worth of dishes, there's no way you need a dishwasher. What? You'd have to wait so long to fill it up. Are you just wasting so much water? Chloe's upset because she says I don't cook, which is bullshit. I just cook when she's not around. Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, re- I reckon Chloe does way more in every facet of their domestic life. I have my chores. All right, yeah, I he, I take the bins out. He does training. I take I take the bins out. Okay. <laughs> I uh I put the I put the like the um the blankets over the couch at nighttime. Um, I. That's it. <laughs> big thing is. She has such a specific way she likes everything done. And if I do it, she just yells at me, right? So I just gave up, right? If I was allowed to have a drying rack, I would do all the dishes by hand because I'm way quicker, more efficient than a dishwasher. I was a dishwasher for fucking like five years of my life. I'm very good at it, right? And it annoys me the fact that I'm not allowed to do it because this is a waste. I fucking hate dishwashers. Maybe you should go back to being a dishwasher so you can get that back into your life. I wish. I fucking wish. I I miss being a di- The only annoying part about being a dishwasher or a dish pig, as I would be called, or a ceramic yeah. technician... <laughs> is the fact that you make literally like minimum wage and usually yeah. below minimum wage, right? Yeah. I, I, I play around with the idea so for a couple of years in my head of becoming like a, a freelance dishwasher, right? Where it's like, say there's a, you know, some some restaurant has had a really big night, right? And yeah. they're like, fuck, we have so many dishes, man. We need someone in here to start working on these dishes, you know? Call me up. I come along. I work $60 an hour. I get those dishes done. Right? No the restaurant is... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're not going to get someone extra when they can just get the same people they're already paying to do it anyway. No, but you don't, you don't understand. Like, you need those dishes done in a restaurant, right? Like, plates are coming in. Bowls are coming in. Cutlery's coming in. You only have so much of that around. You need those things to be coming back out. Yeah, but the hospitality industry is one where you can uh, force your staff to come in on no notice under the threat (laughs) of being fired if you don't do it. That's true. I I was, uh, for a couple of years, I was on um, rostered on call (laughs) as a dishwasher. (laughs) Okay, I see now. Anyway, can we do the topic? Yeah, let's get on with this. We've been recording for like an hour and a half. We haven't even fucking started yet. Um, Do you guys know what Kickstarter is? Yes. Well, yeah, I know you guys know what <laughs> Kickstarter is. Our listeners might not know what Kickstarter is. It's a it's a crowdfunding service founded in 2009. Content creators make a Kickstarter, functions as a sort of pitch for their project. When fans donate to Kickstarters, they are known as backers. Kickstarters are created with a goal amount, but unlike personal crowdfunding like GoFundMe, creators don't receive any of the pledged donations if the project doesn't meet its goal fund. If a campaign does reach its goal amount, Kickstarter receives a 10% cut. So that's how it makes its money. Uh, creators can create a tier list of benefits for backers based on how much they donate. For example, if a backer donates $50, they might get their name in the credits of what's being made um, and a couple stickers. If they donate $5,000, they might have the opportunity to meet with the developers, check out production. Uh, Kickstarter is usually for creative endeavors, uh, but it's also used for product development. It is estimated by Kickstarter about 9.5% of all successfully funded projects don't deliver incentives to its backers. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, the fucked up Kickstarters. Let's get on to it. Who wants to give us number one? Logbar's ring. All right, thanks, Watchmojo. I think it's pronounced Logbar. <laughs> in February 2014, a Kickstarter campaign was launched for a product called Ring by the tech startup Logbar. Its description read, Ring is like magic, allowing you to control anything you want by wearing it on your finger. You can send texts, control home appliances, and even pay your bills all at once and in a flash. How are you going to pay bills with a ring, though? Like, I don't, I don't understand Give them that. the ring and be like, yes, yeah, it's worth the bill amount. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Kickstarter goal was $250,000 and it ended up raising almost $900,000 over 36 days. Ring was meant to function by utilizing what it called ultra small finger gesture recognition technology. Alright. The, the idea was that after connecting it to your devices and putting the ring on, you'd make gestures of that finger, such as tracing a box to open your email app, or the letter V to control the volume on your TV. This sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, this they're, they're totally going to deliver on all of this, and everyone who backed it is not dumb at all. <laughs> and it had its own ring font. A set way to gesture letters to use for typing with the ring. The ring, which was called ring, put on your finger like a ring, and in theory resembled a ring, didn't necessarily look like anything someone would choose to wear. It looked more like part of a skateboard trunk than a wedding ring. Trunk? Did you actually write trunk, you dickhead? Oh, it's a truck. <laughs> and not even then. It's fucking... It's a bearing. Whatever. I don't, look, I'm not the cool guy. I'm not Tony Hawk. Ring eventually shipped at a price of 269 USD. Yep. Upon receiving it, one tech reviewer, Snazzy Labs, called Ring the worst product ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Snazzy hates them, dude. I don't know, like, what anyone was expecting with this. They so <laughs> overpromised. It should have been obvious straight away that the yeah, tech dude, is just they, not there for something like they this. They really shouldn't have said that you could pay your bills with this thing because that was <laughs> never going to happen. Well, even then, with it, it's like, why the fuck would you want this? You have a phone, right? Like, oh uh, yeah. It sounds it sounds slower to type with your yeah. fucking finger, your pointer finger, than it does to just type with your fucking thumbs, right? Yeah, like, one hundred percent. And it's like. Or you can control the volume of your controller by type by you know drawing the letter V, and it's like why don't you use a fucking controller yeah. that's in my hand? Damn, <laughs> it's stupid, stupid. This is such a boomer fucking object, you know. Boomers are like, yeah, this is the fucking future, man. I saw this in Star Trek in like the 80s, bro. The ring was so huge that when wearing it, the user was unable to close their hand, bend, or move their finger, as well as missing most of the device compatibility touted on the Kickstarter. Ring's gesture functionality would only work between 5-10% to 10 oh, of the time, which Logbar confirmed was the general success rate. To achieve any functionality with the Ring, you would have to open the app on your phone and make the gesture while keeping the app open, and since its functions were basically limited to adjusting volume and opening other apps, it was quicker to do these things in basically any other possible way. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> I like the picture of a ring. It looks ridiculous. Most of the comments on the Kickstarter page are by backers either requesting a refund, claiming they didn't receive their ring, or both. Here are some of those comments. Those rings don't work. Final. I want to return money. This is because since the commodity does not reach. Too, too, too large. Too, too, too big. No way to wear this ring. I am very sad. Who are these comments? Who are fucking leaving these comments? <laughs> they were, on the, they were comments on the Kickstarter. <laughs> no, they were people who backed it on the Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, I told you, yeah. they're idiots. Yeah, they idiot. had to have been. <laughs> As of 2021, Logbar no longer exists, but the company's founder, Takuro Yoshida, now sells a pocket translator named Illy. Uh, who wants to do the next one? Register. Okay. All right. The doom that came to Atlantic City. It came. The doom that came all over Atlantic City. I miss MF. <laughs> yes. <laughs> MF doom. Rip MF, bro. In May 2012, Eric Chevalier shared la VA. Chevalier. 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 
Chevalier. Chevalier. Oh, my God. Chevalier. <laughs> Operating under the trade name The Forking Path, made a Kickstarter for a tabletop board game, The Doom, that came to Atlantic City. You Should played as one Chevalier. of... Chevalier. Chevalier. It's pronounced Chevalier. <laughs> That's stupid, because it, like, it looks like Chevalier. Yeah, that's how I read it. Interior crocodile alligator. I drive, I drive a, Chevalier a Chevalier movie theater. <laughs> you played as one of the great old ones in a Lovecraftian parody of Monopoly, but instead of collecting property, your goal was to destroy it and to gain cultist followers to grow your powers. Wait, it's... Dude, did someone say destroying property? Yeah, did get a yeah. eat the rich. Chevrolet. Chevrolet was work. Chevrolet. Chevrolet was working as a game's publisher, a field he apparently had no experience in. Awesome. The art direction and game design were headed by people with actual experience, and perhaps coolest of all, the figurines that acted as the player pieces were sculpted by the practical effect artist Paul Komodo. Oh, the guy the who dragon. designed the zombies from I Am Legend. Are they <laughs> all that recognizable? I thought you loved that movie. Wait, the zombies from iRobot? That's ridiculous. They're not zombies. I know. <laughs> They're kind of zombies. They're not zombies, though. They're just infected. They've got I Am Legend. I mean, everyone loves I Am Legend, right? Like, that's a, that's a good fucking and movie. IRobot. <laughs> and iRobot. And iRobot. iRobot's <laughs> And The Matrix. No, I don't love that one. What? The guy who designed the zombies from I Am Legend. <laughs> and it worked on movies such as A Black Swan and the prequel to The Thing. The prequel to The Thing? What the fuck is that? Is that new? No, I think it came out like 10 years ago. If a donor backed $75 or more, they were to receive pewter pieces <laughs> <laughs> sculpted by Komodo himself. What's yeah. pewter? Is that a material? Do you not know what pewter is? Isn't it like Catholic? Know. That's Catholic, right? No. Pewter. I always hear about with, with like cathedrals and shit, right? Like it's a type of metal, I think. You don't even I, know what it is. I've never heard of pewter. Really? It's it's like a it's like the shit that some like chess pieces are made of. It's like m- oh, metal like alloy. like like tusks and shit, like elephant tusks, ivory, malleable metal alloy. It's a, if, oh, so it's basically mostly tin with like a bit of other shit thrown in. Alright, so you could have received some ivory pieces sculpted by Komodo himself. That's pretty cool. I do like ivory. The what? Doom no, tin. Ivory. The Doom raised over 122000 on a goal of 35000 That's good profit. The smallest backer incentive was a t-shirt for a $25 donation. The highest was a night of board games with the game's developers for donors of over $2,500. At this tier, there was one backer. There was a tier of $375 meant specifically for brick-and-mortar board game stores, which was to come with a promotional stand and a customized board with their store as part of a map. That's pretty cool. But the most popular donation tier was $75, and the average donation close to $100. So if they're going to... If everyone who backs $375, right, decides, like, you know, I want my name on the board, Mm. surely they run out, right? Like no, I think it, it was just like a, it was like one personalized board for every store. Yeah. yeah, It's not like your board, it's not like the normal board is going to have your store. It's just the one sent to your store has the store in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. A year later in July 2013, after several delays and updated release schedules, Eric posted an update to the Kickstarter saying that the project was cancelled. It said in part, The project is over. The game is cancelled. Every possible mistake was made. 
some due to my inexperience in board game publishing, others due to ego conflicts, legal issues, and technical complications. These could all have been avoided by someone more experienced, and I was apparently not that person. My hope now is to eventually refund everyone fully. This puts all the financial burden on my shoulders. Oh, it's alright, dude. You don't have to refund me. It's okay. I didn't back. After many comments on this update mentioned threats of legal action. Oh, boy. That's where you don't <laughs> want it to go. Eric posted another message the next day saying that while he planned to issue a refund to all backers, he could not set a timeline on when that would be. And that if legal action were brought against him, that all his money would go to legal fees. And so no one would be refunded. He went on to claim that he had to earn, to re-earn the money to pay back the backers because he had spent the funds on further development for the Doom. Oh, Dude, this guy... <laughs> yeah, this guy is so fucked. Right? That's a Ponzi no, scheme, isn't look, it? No, the thing is, when I was reading this, I was like, man, I kind of feel bad for this guy. Like, I feel like this is what would happen if I tried to be a publisher for something, you know? Like, I would because fuck it all up. Because you have low self-esteem. No, I would fuck it all up. I'd end up owing people money like the game wouldn't come out but then the more you read you're like nah nah this guy's fucked anyway i think this is a ponzi scheme i think you're right no yeah. well a ponzi scheme would be if he then started another kickstarter to pay back the first yeah, well, yeah, and then yeah. Keep going. after one further update in which eric claimed he had refunded the campaign's top donor and sent forms to every backer for repayment details eric went radio silent <laughs> some of the comments on the update read Still waiting for my refund of $235. I'm now broke on disability and can really use the money. Okay, that one's sort of on him. Like, yeah. Should... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It sounds no, like he guy... should have spent all his money on a backing of a board game. No, this guy could have fucking... He could have been in tip-top health when he wanted to play this board game. And then maybe he broke both of his legs in a, like, you know... In a jumping off a roof accident. Yeah, yeah. maybe he tried to kill himself because of Eric. Like piss his... seat. <laughs> Can I just say to all the people listening, don't fucking kickstart something if you haven't got the money to kickstart something, right? Like, don't don't give up. Don't give your last two hundred and thirty-five dollars <laughs> to a board game. You know. Yeah. Eat instead. Yeah. Eat your friends. No, eat the rich. You anyway. can't eat. You can't eat the board game. It's made of pewter. Five years ago this month, this infamous Kickstarter began. You still owe me $250, Eric. This will not be forgotten. So did everyone wake up to this crook yet? Seems there was a lot of people still defending this fraudster. The guy got four times the money and didn't even send out stickers. And some backers were like, oh shucks, you'll get it right next time. I mean, all these people are so... Like, can you imagine chasing these people down for money? I assume if I put my money up for a Kickstarter, there is a chance <laughs> I'll lose it, right? It's like it's yeah. like putting up a multi, you know? <laughs> I'm not mad. I don't get... I'm not, like, fucking chasing down fucking Rohan, you know, being like, you fucking owe me $250, Rohan, because you walked off <laughs> fucking field, didn't kick a goal, you know? It's not happening, right? I like, mean, yeah. There's, and but there's people a, do. People take it as a personal slight with Kickstarters, and there's a bit of a debate as to whether they should be seen as donators or as you know um investors or yeah. yeah so i don't know i feel like um i mean donators in my opinion right? but again it's like it's like i said before there's like a 9.5 percent chance that you won't get any of the shit with kickstarter so uh over the next few years eric came under investigation by the federal trade commission or the ftc for those in the know 
First of its kind investigation into the crowdfunding project, the investigation found that Eric Chevalier had spent all the Kickstarter money on himself and other projects he was developing. Oh, no. Was as well as cost scheme. of living expenses, such as rent and a move interstate. It also discovered he had sold the data of a project's backers to outside firms. Eric. What? That's like Eric, a, what are like, you doing? It's like Cambridge Analytica shit, right? You can't just be going out here selling everyone's fucking dick size <laughs> and ball circumference to the outside firms, okay? Yeah. For targeted advertisement of, you know, bigger ball pills. Eric was ordered by the FTC, told you I was right, to repay all backers a sum of around $110,000, but only when he had the funds to do so. He must report his income to the FTC for the next 18 years so that it can be determined whether he has the funds to repay the money. So far, no backers have received a refund. Dude, just leave the country. I don't think you'd be allowed to, surely. There was a couple things that I didn't mention with that. So it's never really come out the full details of what went on, but the board game was actually completely finished. Like, it was ready to be played and all that, and it just never got sent out were they were they produced like whether they actually make the board games or then not send them out so the the board game actually was produced and some people actually got theirs but like for free sent by a company that ended up getting the rights after he um gave the rights back to the actual developers so um this guy actually was a fraudster because the game was ready to go he just didn't it's always found it interesting that when you see board games get fucked up because how hard is it like i think the hardest part about that is just like getting all the addresses to send it to, right? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just saying, in comparison to, like, you know, like, the tech ones are always super fucking dodgy, right? Because it's, like, it's not easy to manufacture, like, you know, new technological equipment, right? Well, a board game, you know, it's just a piece of cardboard with, like, a print on it, you know? 3D print the fucking models, like, it doesn't seem that difficult, right? The yeah. hardest part's coming up with the idea. I think the hardest part would probably be... Uh, working out all the rules and making sure nothing's overpowered or whatever. That would, I guess, just require a lot of playing the actual game. But I don't know. I'm not big brain enough for that type of thing. Uh, Alright, so I'm going to do the next one. The uh, Doug's Eye Backpack. Oh, this already sounds so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Oh, this I'm is a big one. This is, this, this is one that people probably actually already know about. I don't know about this one, but yeah. the name sounds awful. Mon's about to learn, guys. You're about to witness this live. Mon learning. Uh, stage one of me learning. <laughs> reading i have to come <laughs> <laughs> Dude, i was watching um i was watching twitch yesterday right and you know shooter williamson yes yeah yeah he, he's apparently has a twitch channel now whatever right it's just him and his girlfriend sitting there and that guy actually like i thought it was all just an act he genuinely seems like such a fuck like he just, <laughs> he just seems like genuinely so drug fucked of a human being anyway um someone, someone was like donated like five bucks and he's like now you're gonna do a banjo string reveal <laughs> banjo string reveal that's awesome <laughs> i thought that was so funny do you do circumcised people have a banjo string i don't think so i never see it in the pornography so no they do do they yeah hmm. it's pretty prominent <laughs> ah yeah they oh. do yeah they do did yeah. you google it no martin can just picture that <laughs> he's got it on the top of his head <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a bit of a cockhead, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the iBackpack Kickstarter was launched in March 2016. It was presented as the next generation backpack. It raised nearly $770,000 on a goal of 50000 It was meant to be a big black backpack with just about anything you'd ever need already inside of it, including, but not limited to, a four-port USB hub, a Bluetooth speaker and microphone, 
Bluetooth headphones, hidden pockets, secret compartments, a flashlight, wall plugs, identity theft protection sleeves, a bulletproof pocket, a portable modem, a battery pack, and a built-in anti-theft system. Man, how are these like how are this getting backed? Who the fuck's buying this? Dude, I feel like this is uh people thinking this is like the presidential football. You know the um like the, <laughs> yeah, the backpack yeah, the nuclear, that they yeah. they bring around the nuclear codes in the- I think they just I think they just think they're Mr. Robot, right? They're like, yeah, I work in Silicon Valley, I need a yeah. big tech backpack, you know. Dude, they've got this picture in their mind of them like bringing their laptop with like the next big tech thing and it's like someone shoots a gun at them and it hits the bulletproof <laughs> part of the backpack and it's like, man, lucky I had my eye backpack 2.0. I remember like a couple years back, I saw a YouTube video from like this gun channel that I was watching because the guy was really cringe and I just found it entertaining because mm. he was like an ex Green Beret. Anyway, this guy was like, yeah, I'm reviewing these school backpacks that have armor plates in them. <laughs> and he's like shooting them with different guns. And he's just like, yeah, it's it's so good that we can protect our kids. And it's like, <laughs> fuck, dude, this is fucked. This, why do you need so armor? Why didn't you wear armor to school, bro? No, I've, I've learned that some, they actually teach kids to do that in the shooting drills, which they do in, like, every American school. And yeah, they, they tell them to, like, get behind their backpacks. They tell them like to that. hold their backpacks, like, over their chest and shit. Yeah, hopefully, like, books or something. Will, yeah. You guys ever hear that story of that, like, YouTuber or whatever who had, like, I don't know, like, the big magnum or whatever, and they were trying to, like, they were testing out... They were testing out whether or not, like, a like a Bible would save you if it got shot at or whatever. Uh, and yeah. he gets his girlfriend to shoot him while he's holding a Bible yeah. in front of him, and he oh, just and he dies. Died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Dude, that is, that is like, like... That is the dumbest shit I've ever and, heard. And they ha- didn't they have, like, just had a kid or something? As yeah. Well? Yeah, probably. Dude, I hate this term because I always think people are cons who use it, but that's natural selection. Like, when people... No, when someone dies much. and they're like, Natural selection! It's like, yeah, but also someone just died, you know? Anyway, the CEO and founder of iBackpack, Doug Monaghan, claims he got the idea for the product while packing his regular backpack full of stuff before heading over to sleep at a girlfriend's house. Then, when he saw that a drinks cooler with a built-in speaker and blender had raised $13 million on Kickstarter, which would eventually go on to be another Kickstarter disaster, the coolest cooler. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones. I love the cool <laughs> He decided crowdfunding was the only way to go. But past business collaborators of Monaghan claimed that in reality, he stole the idea from a company that had hired him to design an app for parents to track their children through their school bags. Either way, the iBackpack was just a backpack stuffed full of a bunch of generic brand peripherals with custom branding printed on. And that was only in theory, because not a single backer would end up receiving their iBackpack. Monaghan posted the final update to iBackpack's Kickstarter page on March 2nd, 2017, claiming that due to the recent reports of lithium-ion batteries exploding in Samsung phones, the iBackpack could not be produced until him and his team traveled to Shenzhen to personally see that the batteries were safe. Man, look at his fucking office, man. Look at his setup. How fucking crazy does this guy look? That looks like something Toby would have. (laughs) Look at that back wall. So he's he's don't don't get it wrong. He doesn't work in IT or anything like that. Yeah, he just likes all these devices. This is oh. just this is just his fucking office. This is what it looks like. He has like ten laptops on the back, and he's it's it's weird because none of these computers are like it's one mon- like two monitors for one computer. He just has like shitloads of computers. He's like this is the one I buy Bitcoin on, and this is the one that I watch I look at <laughs> the internet on, and it's like you're actually psycho because he used to be a millionaire, and then he wasn't a millionaire, and then he scammed people on this, and he became a millionaire again.
Three years later, in March 2020, Doug Monaghan stuck to the same story when he broke his silence by sitting down for an interview with Vox Media. In the years since the Kickstarter, iBackpack became just the second crowdfunded service to be investigated by the FTC after the doom that came to Atlantic City. The doom that came on Atlantic City! <laughs> <laughs> Look no. at the doom! He's, he's edging now! Ah! He's <laughs> nearly there! It's raining! Come on, Atlantic City! Get out of the city! <laughs> the word eye backpack keeps fucking up, Martin. He'll be reading. I know, it's it's so dumb. I don't know. I keep saying, I I don't know. When I try just to say I it, backpack. Just, oh, thanks. I <laughs> backpack. Problem solved. Just say it's two words. I backpack. No, that sounds like a grandpa, like, shopping for a Christmas present. He's like, Billy, I got you the, uh, the eye backpack. backpack. <laughs> I backpack. I backpack. It's, you know, you get it. On the investigation, Monaghan said, I am the poster child for fraud and crowdfunding. You're looking at the Jesse James, the John Dillinger. The FTC claims that Doug spent the money raised through Kickstarter on meals, liquor, Bitcoin, furniture, office supplies, and purchases from his own companies, as well as through cash withdrawals and paying off credit card debt. Yep. It goes on to claim that Doug threatened some backers with violence who tried to track him down, but Doug claims he was only retaliating against people who had threatened him, saying, When the backers started saying they were going to shoot through my house and fuck you, Doug, you motherfucker, and give us our backpack. No, I'm not going to give you the backpack. <laughs> the FTC acknowledges that there are risks backers must accept when donating to Kickstarters, but that it wanted to crack down on fraudulent campaigns. Doug strongly insists that he's not a con man and claims to want to fight that assertion as far as possible, which eventually means shipping the iBackpack to its backers and entering the wider market. But many of his past associates and business partners claim that Doug definitely is and always has been a con man. Here are some quotes on him. Because of Doug, I lost everything! It wasn't just Danny Grant, I lost everything! He stole everything. He stole the idea from that guy who hired him and he did it with an arrogance of like, well, I'm a billionaire, what are you going to do? I don't think he was a real billionaire to tell you the truth. Because of him, I don't think Trump's a real billionaire either. I don't have these people on now. It was all a scam. He's a bloodsucker. He's a very vile human being. I'm sure we weren't the first, and I know we won't be the last. It's really sad. It was such a bad time for my family. He literally bled my family dry. Sure, this guy is actually like a proper comment, though. Like, if you watch his docker, like, he's he's fucked over some people yeah. real bad. Everything he's ever done has ended up basically yeah. sending people bankrupt, you know? In October 2020, the FTC ruled that Doug Monaghan nor any of his present or future associates could ever be involved in a crowdfunding campaign again. And Doug was ordered to repay the entire 800000 to the backers of iBackpack. But like in the case of Eric Chevalier, <laughs> but like in the case of Eric Chevalier, this order was suspended as Monaghan did not possess the funds to do so. Man, what a psycho, dude! They always add like an I. Like I feel like I never buy anything that isn't Apple branded if it has an I at the start, you know, because it just makes it sound like a knockoff. I don't even know why the I's there. Because it's it's meant to make it seem next gen. Yeah, it's but stupid. Why? It's very dated at this point. Yeah, but they but, but iPhones like obviously a brand, so they're not gonna. Yeah, I mean they they don't even add the i to like new Apple products anymore. They just had like Apple Watch or AirPods or whatever. Yeah, imagine they called them the iPods. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
<laughs> I get that. I didn't ever think about that. <laughs> All right, guys, you ready to learn about cans without labels? This is from a Red and Stimpy guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I don't know too much about this, but I'm excited. I don't, th- I don't think you guys know anything about this. Sorry, I was petting my dog. Hey, Cairo. You can't hear you. Also, he hates you. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> yeah, because he's a pit bull, so he sees you and he goes, Kill! I'm going to eat you. <laughs> I, uh, I got a full-size snicker. Nice. Does it have, like, the penis vein on the top? Yeah. <laughs> that was a good fucking meme. I yeah, thought that was right. she locked her head off. <laughs> At Cans Without Labels, in the early 1990s, John Chris Lucy, or better known by his pen name, John K, created a cartoon called The Ren and Stimpy Show. Along with two other cartoons, Doug and Rugrats, The Ren and Stimpy Show was the first Nicktoon. Nicktoon being an original production by the children's TV channel, Nickelodeon. Ren and Stimpy, in its first few seasons, was the most popular show on cable TV. Had a unique art style and a sense of humor that appealed to both children and adults. It was seriously the most popular TV show on cable TV. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. It's like it, 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 I it's feel insane. like Ren and Stimpy was like a precursor to like Beavis and Butthead and stuff. Like, did you have you guys ever watched Ren and Stimpy? Like no. once or twice. It's very good. It is. It's still. It's insane how it holds up still. John Kay was involved in every level of production on Ren and Stimpy. It was like his baby. It was produced in-house at his production company, Spunker. John Kay designed the characters, drew the storyboards, wrote the episodes, and voiced Ren. Despite Ren and Stimpy's success, neither John Kay nor Nickelodeon were happy with each other. Nickelodeon was growing more and more impatient with John Kay's tendency to miss deadlines and his general unreliability. John Kay was finding Nickelodeon's oversight to be overbearing, he found himself losing creative control to the point where he would use a pseudonym in the credits of some episodes when he didn't approve of the network's final cut. After two seasons, John Kay was fired from his own show. Ren and Stimpy would go on to produce a further three seasons without his involvement, which was apparently quite devastating to him. The first two seasons of Ren and Stimpy would leave a lasting legacy and a cult following of devoted fans. Nowadays, John Kay is considered to be heavily influential to modern animators, especially when it comes to facial expressions. So, like, he has a he has like a philosophy. It's like never draw the same face twice. But um, like if you watch Rick and Morty in particular, a lot of the um facial expressions of the characters in there are just straight up ripped from Ren and Stimpy. Like, there's there's one in particular where like the lips droop down, like a like a W, and that's like right out of Ren and Stimpy. How could that be ripped by Rick and Morty? It's based on IRL. I sometimes droop my lips like that. <laughs> in July 2012, John Kay launched a Kickstarter page for a new cartoon he wanted to make called Cans Without Labels. In the introduction video, he says, I'd love to do it directly for you without the TV executive rigmarole. So this Kickstarter thing is great. The story of Cans Without Labels was inspired by John Kay's own dad who would buy unlabeled cans and force his kids to open them and eat whatever was inside. What the um, fuck? No matter what it was. What, like a billy goat? The fucking <laughs> eating cans out here, what the fuck? My <laughs> <laughs> bad, he's eating fucking cans, that's crazy. Dude, it's the mystery, mate. You don't want to know what it is. Cans Without Labels made $136,000 on a goal of 100000 from 3,500 backers. All backer tiers over $40 included an original sketch by John Kay. The highest donation it received was one for $10,000. Cans Without Labels was to be between 8 and 10 minutes long, and was provided with a timeline of 7 months. During the campaign, and immediately afterwards, John provided daily updates. But then, 
Only eight updates later, it was already two years after the successful Kickstarter campaign, and John just started sending out the sketches to backers, of which there were thousands. More years passed, and while in the early days John had said everything was just about finished, the updates now read things like, only six scenes left to animate, there were four updates posted to the Kickstarter in 2015, two in 2016, both in February, and then one in 2017. At least one of the updates over these years was a request from John Kay for people to stop harassing him. <laughs> While many fans were frustrated, a lot of it was chalked up to goofy John Kay, unreliable and scatterbrained as always. But in 2018, a year in which there was zero updates to Cans Without Labels Kickstarter, something was about to change everyone's perception of John. John Kett! John Kett! <laughs> in March 2018, two ex-Spomco employees were the subject of an article in which they claimed that John K had groomed and sexually exploited them as teenagers. Whoa, what the oh, fuck? Oh, no. Ex-employee Robin Bird claimed that when she was 13 years old, she mailed a video of tape of herself to Spunko addressed to John K, in which he talked about her dreams of one day becoming an animator. John K replied by sending her numerous art supplies and by sparking up a sort of pen pal type relationship with the girl after instructing her how to create an AOL account. Oh shit. Eventually he traveled to Arizona to visit Robin at the trailer park where she lived. And when she was 16 and he was in his early forties, they began a sexual relationship. Not long after, he flew her out to California to live with him. Jesus. There's something really sad to me about her sending him a tape like that while she lives in a trailer park and him just t- totally taking advantage of that, you know? Like yeah. her, her being from a you know poor financial... I mean, she just had aspiration, right? Like she just wanted to, you know, do something wholesome and, yeah. like, you know, creative and mm. he totally just ruined that, you know? He took advantage of that completely. Another girl named Katie Rice accused John Kay of similar behavior, beginning when she was 14. Both the girls ended up working for John at Spunker during the early 2000s, where they alleged many bizarre sexual behaviors, such as walking around the Spunker office with his penis sticking out of his zipper, oh God. or inviting them over to his house and greeting them one naked in his living room. Rice, as well as another unnamed ex-girlfriend, both alleged that during their time with John Kay, they found child pornography featuring prepubescent girls on his personal computer. They both reported this to the police, but no charges could be filed due to the statute of limitations. How fucking, like, how much are you not hiding that shit if they can find it on your computer, right? Yeah. Like, if they're just like, like, they're not snooping, surely. They're just, it's just fucking there, right? Like, unless they were snooping, unless they had they suspicions. Like, surely. Dude, I thought we were meant to take a few weeks off of, like, sexual assault and shit. Like, what the fuck, man? Uh, dude, it's this- how, do you, how do you always manage to bring it up? It's just uh, it's just the way the world is, Martin. It's just, yeah. This is all there is to, to report on anyway. Like, what else are you going to report on? Fucking... Dog. Yeah, dog. <laughs> there ain't no dog worth reporting on. So, soon after, John Kay issued a statement through an attorney confirming that while for a period during the 90s he had a 16-year-old girlfriend, he strongly denied the allegations of having possessed child pornography. Are you allowed to have a 16-year-old girlfriend? In the 90s? Are you just allowed to do that? I mean... if you're rich. Yeah, and places... There's, like, the statute of limitations in some places in America. Like, we we don't have that in Australia. But in um, some places, you, you can't actually be prosecuted for something that happened, like, 30 years ago when it comes to sex crimes. Later on that same year, John issued a lengthy, multi-page apology. It was in part directed directly towards his accusers and said he was so sad to hear of their feelings because he liked them so much and cherish their time together. 
He also blamed his more serious indiscretions on undiagnosed bipolar disorder and ADHD. And that is not an excuse. Like, there is plenty of people out there with ADHD and bipolar who don't go out and get 16-year-old girlfriends when they're in their 40s. For sure. But in May 2019, almost seven years after the Kickstarter for Cans Without Labels had raised its funding, the cartoon was sent out on DVD to its backers. A few months later, it was uploaded to YouTube. It's 11 minutes long, it's half hand-drawn and half CGI, and Fitch is a scene in which a duck eats a child's face. It was wildly lampooned by fans, backers, and critics alike. It currently holds a rating of 2.7 out of 10 on IMDb. I have to watch it. Yeah, I've watched it. It's not very good. Do you, do you guys, like, if you, you know, like, Kevin Spacey, are you able to watch Kevin Spacey movies? Um, oh, they're just so good. Yeah. <laughs> I can watch them, but I'm not. I'm not not reminded of the situation, you know. Yeah, but like I think American Beauty is an excellent film. American Beauty like, is good, yeah. I mean, the thing is, people like I don't know. I, I, th- I think it's bad to watch those things, but also it's like so many people worked on that project. You know, it wasn't just Kevin Spacey. You know, what yeah, I mean? that's yeah, true. yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like Ren and Stimpy. Like I, I fucking loved Ren and Stimpy when I was a kid. Like my dad had it on DVD, and it's like he was all, the dude was always a weirdo. We just didn't know the extent of him being a weirdo. But I don't know, for me, I kind of think I'm able to separate people's, like, shitty things about people or illegal things about people from their art. Because I think art is kind of like, it's it, it exists to, you know, bring out... Like, independently... Well, it exists kind of to bring out a reaction or to cause an emotional reaction or enjoyment or anger or whatever. And I don't think somebody being a piece of shit necessarily takes away from that no but i think i think the issue is meant to be like by watching it you're supporting that person yeah i mean yeah but that that's kind of like a case-by-case basis and then it's a different topic entirely when it's like should someone continue to be given a platform or should someone continue to be employed or whatever when they're obviously a dangerous person or whatever and it's like no i don't think john k should ever be given a platform again where he's working on children's cartoons or whatever but I also think it's still, it's not, it's not wrong to enjoy the things that are already out there, you know? I mean, most people in this world have done shitty things, you know, just because some of it come out, some of it hasn't, you know? I'd probably bet to say that most of the things that you like creatively or, you know, uh, from like, you know, a media standpoint, yeah. there's probably They're someone who did very, <laughs> very shitty thing in the past that we're not aware of, you know? Not to mention most creative people are fucking crazy and weird it seems like just a lot yeah. of you know creative people are that's why up. john lennon had to be stopped <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that there, there are you know there are a lot of uh bad kickstarters but there's also been some really good ones like just to name a few psychonauts 2 finish that yeah sick that was a great game. every week that was a yeah. great game fantastic very good gloomhaven that was a kickstarter back project board game that's something i've always wanted to play but no one ever wanted to play it with me people say it's like the best board game that you yeah can get I've, I've always wanted to play it. i mean like i think it kind of scares people off because it's like there's like it's like a consistent board game kind of like D and stuff right where it's like you know just playing one session you're playing multiple sessions of the same characters etc so do you think that the positives of kickstarter outweigh the negatives uh yeah i mean if like the stats show that it's only what like 10 percent, almost 10 percent that don't get their incentives or whatever I, I like is there a case being made that kickstarter shouldn't exist well it's this is one example that i've seen and it's when already wealthy rich people make kickstarters you know and uh, uh yeah one one example of this is like 
the musician Amanda Palmer made a Kickstarter to fund her solo album. She ended up getting $1.2 million after setting the goal at $100,000. Uh, after its release, when she was touring the album, she then attempted to get volunteer musicians to play strings at each show, saying that they'd be paid mm. in, like, merch. High fives and hugs. Oh, yeah. lucky them. So, like, so so should there be a limit on, like, rich people using Kickstarter? But it's, like, you can't really set terms like that out, I don't think. It's, I think that, like, yeah. It's I more don't really, a feeling I don't really thing, think so. like, how people feel about that. Um... Zach Braff, he raised over $2 million in three days on Kickstarter for a film he would write, direct, and star in called Wish I Was There. And uh, Braff claimed in the Kickstarter that he would, uh, that the film could not possibly be made without fan support, but the following month received an extra $8 million in corporate funding for it. This is a crazy Zach Braff, man. Like, he's aged the quickest out of anyone I've ever seen in Hollywood. You reckon? Like, I think he, so, dude. He has some gray hair now. <laughs> right, man. We're talking about the main character from Scrubs. Think of the character. Think of Zach Braff in your head, right? That's the main character from Scrubs, right? You got that? Who's the main character from Scrubs? Zach Braff. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, and look at this more recent photo of him, and tell me he has not aged the quickest out of anyone I've ever fucking seen in Hollywood. He, he still, he still looks like he's had a little bit of work done as well. I mean, the yeah. thing is, though, like Scrubs is old now. It's like nearly twenty years old. What one thing I think is a bit fucked up about Kickstarter is like, um, you know, when rich people do use it, it's kind of like um, they're they're bypassing the risk part because. When people donate to Kickstarter, they're not seen as investors, you know? So it's like yeah. those people have, they just are giving their money to these wealthy people. Whereas usually they would have, um, they would have to pay out to um, their investors, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like they would have to give a portion of their earnings from whatever they do to the people who funded it. Whereas when it's like a, when it's like a, somebody who uses Kickstarter, it's literally just like, well, you guys want this, you can pay for it to be made and then you can pay for it again to get it, you know? That's probably always turned me off from it is like the idea that you're not, you're not, you don't get a copy of it for free when it comes out, you know, like yeah. your money literally just goes towards like the funding of it and then you have to pay for it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a game. You have to buy it again, unless you donate yeah. like 200 bucks or something, then you usually get an early code. Yeah. I don't know. I think, um... You know that that's that doesn't mean I'm against Kickstarter for thinking that. It's more that I'm against rich people. They really don't seem to understand what it's like not to be rich. Yeah, I mean they always they don't understand, but they don't have a cook, you know, a <laughs> chef. Sometimes we're out here struggling in the trenches. You know, I got to eat Easy Mac. I yeah. can't just I can't go get the good macaroni and cheese. I got to eat the cheap macaroni and cheese. They they always find a way to like put their risks onto like the lower class. Yeah, yeah. I go get all the macaroni and cheese, I put it in a big bowl, right? I cover it in parmesan and a bit of shredded cheese, I call it a cheese pot. It's like a, that's that's like Drool's little brother, little Drool. Remember he yeah, made like Drool. a he made like an industrial sized bowl of um mac and cheese for his girlfriend or something and then she refused to eat it. So he was just like that's fucked eating that. this giant bowl of mac and cheese for like a week. <laughs> cheese pot. That's what it is. Anyway, we've been recording for nearly three hours. Um Thanks for checking us out, guys. Um, we'll be back next week. Check us follow on Instagram at Why They Mad Pod. Give you a shout out in the next show. If we had you thinking or feeling anything, send us an email, whythemadpod at gmail.com. Uh, we'll try to get back to you. I think we need to start doing more, uh, like, if you, like, uh, like, kind of like Kickstarter, like, backer rewards here. You know, like, if you, if you, uh, you know, if we, if we subscribe get, to us, if we get, we'll write 50- you a card. If we get 50 followers by the end of uh, by the end of October, 
We'll do a banjo string reveal. Reg's banjo string. Yeah, I'll, we'll do a, a three-way banjo. We'll do an unboxing. Reveal. Yeah, we'll do an unboxing of Reg's junk. Penis. Yeah, we'll circumcise him on, on air. All three of them. It's gonna be a lot of skin. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Thanks for checking us out again. Bye. Bye. Why you have to be mad? Why you have to be mad? Why you have to be mad? Do you hold a deep-seated desire to feel outraged? Or do you just find yourself wondering why everyone's fighting all the time about things that don't seem to matter all that much? Well, it's 2021, and if you're not mad about something, you mustn't be paying attention. I'm Jay, I'm Reg, and hey, isn't there a third wheel now? I'm Martin. That's right, and together we're gonna find out why they mad. No, it's not the same one.